Let us pray. O Lord our God, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Give us grace to receive your truth in faith and love, that we may be obedient to your will, walk in your light, and live always for your glory, through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Today's scripture lesson comes from Gospel of John, chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. Listen now for God's word to you. After this, there was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, there is a pool called in Hebrew Bethzatha, which has five porticos. In these lay many ill, blind, lame, and paralyzed people. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The ill man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Stand up, take your mat, and walk. At once the man was made well, and he took up his mat and began to walk. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thirty-eight years. The man had been lying on the mat for 38 years. In trying to put myself in the perspective of this man, I've been trying to imagine the length of 38 years, which is admittedly hard for me because that's longer than I've been alive. But I wonder about you all. I wonder where you were 38 years ago. For perspective, that was the summer of 1984. So maybe you were in grade school or high school. Maybe you were getting married or having your first child. Maybe you were starting your first job or transitioning into a new job. Wherever you were 38 years ago, a lot has happened since then. But imagine with me for a moment if nothing had changed. If your perspective was the same that it was 38 years ago, what if you were stuck in that same spot? Oftentimes, our world is defined by what is around us, the things that we see, the people that we talk to, the places that we go. The way that we understand life is subject to what we do and over time, we meet new people or find new places to go. We change jobs and houses. We grow up, our kids grow up. But what if 
none of that changed. What if you spent the last 38 years looking at the same things, seeing the same people, and not experiencing anything new? What if you were stuck in that place? After the past two and a half years, I think we all know something about being stuck, about not having control over our surroundings or our next move. Quarantine is certainly a time of being stuck. We've been stuck in vicious news cycles and political upheaval of uncertainty about COVID. And not only are we stuck, but I think we're all exhausted. And often when we are stuck and exhausted, we can't see a way forward. All we can see are our surroundings. All we can see are the same new paths. And we get caught in this loop, only able to see the same options. We lose our creativity. We lose our ability to think outside of the box. We see the same things over and over and over again, unable to consider anything new. It's like that idiom of being stuck between the rock and the hard place. We feel the rock on one arm and the hard place on the other. We feel ourselves stuck in between, the harsh edges of the stuckness closing in on us. And it's this feeling where we find the man on the mat today. He'd been in the same place for 38 years, stuck between the desire to enter the pool and not having anyone to get him there. This man on the mat was stuck. The text tells us that he'd been ill for 38 years. He'd been lying on the mat, looking up while he was sick for all of that time. His scenery rarely changed. New people don't come down to this place often. He'd been looking at the same surroundings for such a long time. And then Jesus enters the scene. Jesus goes to the pool where these invalids, as the text calls them, go to be healed. It's where they would spend their time. And it's powerful that Jesus chooses to go to this place. Jesus doesn't choose the royal pool or the middle-class pool even. Jesus enters this place of real poverty where the outcasts of society would spend their time where you would find the invalids. Jesus goes to this place where there is real need. He goes and enters a place where there is pain, and he enters into the pain of those people there. He chooses to be present with those whom society has cast out. Jesus goes to this place, and it's in this place where we get this glimpse of who Jesus is. In this place, we encounter once again the power of Jesus. 
in the lowliest of places, Jesus shows up and shows us who God is. Jesus, who meets us in our stuckness and our brokenness, is revealed to those by the pool, to those who have been cast out, to those who have no place to go. And then Jesus asks the question. Jesus asks the man, do you want to be made well? I love this question for a few reasons. The first is that Jesus asks for consent from the man. Jesus knows enough about human nature to know that we need buy-in. So Jesus comes down. He gets on his level. He looks him in the eye and says, do you want to be made well? Jesus knows that our investment goes a long way. He doesn't want to go around just healing people who don't want to be healed. He wants the man to be on board. And the fact that Jesus asked this question at all tells me that Jesus wants our buy-in for what's in store for our lives. Jesus doesn't want us to move through life blindly, accepting what comes our way, but rather Jesus wants our partnership and our participation. It's not just about making someone well for Jesus. It's about taking into account the desires of the man. Jesus looks for him to want to be changed. And the second thing about this question is this phrase, made well. It comes from the Greek word hugis, which means whole or healthy. It's where we get the word hygiene, which feels especially fitting these days. So the question could also be stated, do you want to be made whole? That question seems to get at the brokenness that sits inside each of us. It reminds us that none of us are whole by our own doing. None of us are made whole on our own. Jesus is preparing the man for something new by asking him, do you want to be changed? He seems to be asking, are you ready for what will happen when you are made whole? It's not about the man's illness at all, but rather about his perspective. Do you want things to be different? Do you want to be made whole? Do you? Do you want to be made whole? And what's especially interesting about this exchange is that the man never actually says yes. Instead, he responds with excuses. He tells Jesus that there's no one to put him into the pool. And when he tries to go in, someone swoops in before him. He never says that he wants to be made whole. He only says why he hasn't done it himself. He only explains why it hasn't yet happened. And maybe he misunderstood Jesus. Maybe he didn't understand what he was asking. Maybe he was assuming that Jesus was reprimanding him for not having done it already. Maybe the man thinks that he should have healed himself on his own. 
Maybe the man blames himself, saying it was his shortcomings that have kept him on the mat all of those years. But the truth is, Jesus is the game changer here. That is where the power of this encounter lies. While the man is making excuses for why he hasn't been healed, Jesus says, stand up, take your mat, and walk. Jesus says, let me show you another way. Let me show you my power. Jesus comes in, makes the man whole, not because of what this man has done or the way he has believed, but because that is who Jesus is. Jesus enters our lives and changes the game. Jesus comes to us in the most broken and the most stuck places. And Jesus makes us whole. And most of the time, we can't give a reason or explain why. But Jesus is the one that's doing it. Jesus is the one making us whole. And in a similar way, when we get stuck, we look to our surroundings for a way out. We find ourselves like the man, blaming ourselves for not doing it, making excuses for why our life hasn't been changed. When we're there between that rock and that hard place, we use the tools at our disposal to move forward. But what if, what if we shouldn't be looking around at all or blaming ourselves or thinking that we should do something differently? What if instead we looked to Jesus? What if we honestly considered the question, do we want to be made well? Relying not on ourselves, but trusting in the power of God to make us whole, to open up new paths for us. What if in response to the question, do you want to be made whole? What if we said yes? Many scholars note that belief is absent from this passage. Nowhere in the story is belief mentioned. Jesus doesn't ask the man to believe, and we never hear that the man believes after having been healed. But I see belief here. In response to the call from Jesus to get up and walk, the man does. The man trusts this word of a stranger enough to get up and walk. He trusts that when Jesus tells him to do so, that he will be able to. And I wonder if I would have that kind of faith. I wonder if Jesus got down on my level and said, stand up and walk. If I would be able to trust that I can. And in the same way, I wonder if we are ready for what comes with this call to be made whole. Just as Jesus asked this question to the man on the mat, he asked the same of us today. Do we want to be made well? Are we ready to trust in a power that's not our own? 
Are we ready to rely on the power of God instead of our own power? A power that heals our brokenness and makes us whole. In this season of stuckness, of exhaustion, of human brokenness, may we remember that it's not our own ability to change our perspective, but Jesus's. Jesus is the one who meets us where we are, who asks us the questions, who reveals himself to us in new and unexpected ways. May we trust in the power of Jesus, who makes all things well in the, in the midst of our circumstances. And may we rest in the hope that Jesus can make us whole and open up new ways forward. May it be so. Amen.